Sasha Charnin Morrison boasts over 30 years of fashion magazine experience working with such notable publications as Allure, Beauty Digest, Elle, Harper's, Mirabella, 17, USA Weekly, Vanity Fair, all very, very exciting, and including now L.com, Refinery29, The Daily Front Row, and on and on and on. Sasha is a fashion mainstay. She is the spirit of what a stylist should be. I am so thrilled to have her on this podcast. And I think the most important thing to know about Sasha is that she is unedited, hilariously funny. The truth is her best friend, and she is relentless in presenting it on her Instagram. This podcast has a theme, and it's called Aging with Power. So, ladies and gentlemen, I am really pleased to invite Sasha to my podcast. Welcome, Miss Sasha Charnin Morrison. Welcome, Sasha. Thank you. I'm thrilled that you're here. Me too. Just to give everybody a little history, we know each other for forever. Forever. Um, I know you in several ways. (laughs) One, that you're an incredibly talented, not just stylist, but visionary as far as what will be or what can be. And the other is I had the joy of collaborating with you on your wedding gown. Oh, that was the so greatest much fun. day. That was so much fun. And I'm so happy you're happily married. Yes, 30, because I, 30 years. Stop it. I, and I tell you every year, I said, just so you know, we're still married. We still like each yes. other. That's, yeah. That's, it was such an important day, but made even more so of this incredible design that you came up with. Well, you definitely. This was a, a collab for sure. It was really fun. But what I'm really, really so happy to talk with you about is something that I've been talking about and feel is important to talk about. And then you wrote such a powerful piece to an Instagram that the minute I saw it, I had to get you to come and do this podcast with me. And this is what it is. So I'm 74. Which so is you're still a baby insane. in my eyes, right? <laughs> and at 74, I feel so unencumbered by my hormones, by insecurities, by feelings of what's going to happen next in my life because I've transitioned through my 50s, my 55s to 60 to to 74. And I feel freer now. Mm -hmm. I feel more confident now. I'm definitely smarter now and capable of doing things in a way that gives me tremendous power Mm -hmm. that I actually never felt as powerful before. I never felt weak, but there were times when, you know, going through menopause, going through changes, you know, going through some life situations that are very hard for women. Yes. And my goal 
in this lifetime and my purpose in this lifetime is to tell women, get through the shit because when you get to the other side, there's a world that opens up to you that's about tomorrow, that you absolutely don't know when you're going through it. But the important conversation is I'm explaining the promise, but I know I need to also have conversations with women who are going through the process and are at their wits end, they're pissed off, they've had enough, and you, God bless you, (laughs) you were so raw and vulnerable and honest that you spoke for millions of women around the world. Millions. Thank you. And I didn't want that to get lost. I wanted that energy and what you were talking about to be documented in this conversation. That's great. But I'm prefacing it by saying, Sasha, when you get to be 74, I know you will be talking about the power to and passing that along to. So your process now is very important to talk about, but the promise is really extraordinary. Give me your hand. Oh. Okay, so what were you thinking and what prompted you to write this incredible piece? Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I just turned 55. I've been an open book for most of my life. It's my upbringing, which is theatrical, so it's always dramatic. And really, between my mother and my father and my stepmother and everybody around me, really giving me so much support and knowing that I'm always going to be my own person. I never cared what anybody thought about what I wore, what I looked like, how I felt. I always wanted to make people happy. I didn't want to do anything disrespectful. But I just was always an open book about everything, about infertility, about actually getting married young, just about any type of thing that I was going through. And I didn't really have a platform for it until social media came around. Mm -hmm. And instead of poo-pooing it, which a lot of people do, and I understand why, I also understand that it gives you a voice. And a lot of people have told me, you need to just keep talking because in the way that you frame it, you know, because what's great about Instagram is that you can frame your thoughts. You can edit it. You can figure it out and not kind of go on a ramble. You can, you can write your stuff out, you, and it kind of lives as a little box, and you put it out there. And I really felt that those words that I was feeling, what everybody was feeling but afraid to say anything. Mm-hmm. Because what I realized, and I only realized this uh, basically five years ago when I, I got laid off, I actually celebrated that. It was an eye-opener for me. Mm -hmm. Most people don't feel that way. They think it's the end of the earth Mm -hmm. and your life is over. But it was actually a total rebirth for me. And we're talking almost like really about when social media starts to really explode. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to take a totally scary, crazy moment and turn it into a positive thing. But then also say there's a lot of, and I can say shit, right? But there's a lot of bullshit out there. And I was reading about all of these things and how upset people were and how angry people were and how jealous people were. And these two were fighting against each other on social media. And 
just talking about what they didn't think was fair, what they didn't think was right. And so I, I took all of that and I started to kind of critique it and make sense of it. And what I was really beginning to really get upset about was that you have all these amazing people, these all, all these amazing women that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. They don't really look at you on social media until you're 90 with contracts and whatnot. You really have to be, you know, two steps away from the grave. And then suddenly, oh, she's iconic. She's wonderful. Let's do a line. But, you know, I really felt that my entire age group, because our asses aren't firm and our stomachs aren't flat and, you know, we're the group that actually spends the money, takes care of the household, did everything right, and we're totally ignored. We are totally ignored by, in the industry that we're in, in a creative industry, we're, we're, we're ignored by, you know, ads and things. And, and until you're much older, then they pay attention to you. I was mad because I had a 30-year career in magazines, which I'm still in magazines, but it had completely changed. And I just felt like, where are, where's Land's End? Where's this one? Where's that one? When you're reading about all these massive companies that are, you know, going to all of these new people who have no, I mean, I'm not going to say that anybody's platform is bad or wrong or it's great that it exists and then it gives you something to say. Well, so-and-so is doing this, the, this salad, that, oh, my, oh, oh, my, God, one of those bloggers. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a voice. I can communicate with them, latch on to them. And then I was expecting that some great company would call and say, this is great. We need to use you. So what I was getting was, this is great. Here's 10% off of, on our site. Buy this, and we'll, we can use your social media to promote our product. And then you're reading about all of these things about people that are making millions and millions and millions of dollars. And I just thought, where are all those people? And then I realized that they just don't know how to deal with our age group. They don't Mm. know how to handle it when your ass falls down. You know, uh, my thought about this is, first of all, 50, and this is a fact, is another sort of like a Saturn return. Mm-hmm. And just like 30 is a big switch in a woman's life. Where you, you have these life experiences and you learn major lessons mm-hmm. for the first time. Right. For, for the first time, you realize there are problems in the world and you're an adult and this is your problem and you have to deal with it. How you deal with it will define who you are. Right. Then when 50 comes... It's a similar thing, except now you've had this life experience and it's up to you to reinvent yourself. Right. It happens to every woman. It happens to men too, but every woman at 50 or before or a little after or 55 have this powerful impact that they had nothing to do with, but happen to them. Sometimes their husbands leave them for somebody younger, lose their jobs, and their kids leave the home. And all of a sudden, it's like, who am I? What am I doing? I had the same transformation. So at 50 is when you 
take a look and say, now, who am I in the context of this world that exists that is also going through disruption? Right. Right? Right. So you're having your disruptive event, and then the world is having its disruptive event. And you have to be so uncomfortable and so angry yeah. that you make a change yes. and that you make, you make it happen, you make the change. So for you mm-hmm. and for people in our industry, mm-hmm. whether it's fashion, beauty, film, right. where the visual mm-hmm. is so important and the, the symbols of a brand are so important, yes. I think, and my theory is fitness, health, beauty, but sleep, diet, exercise, number one. Yes. And that, that's the baseline for what I learned. Mm-hmm. So when in 1993, 95, I turned 50. Mm-hmm. So in 93, I started a transformation for myself. Right. And so much has to do with inside of you and yeah. you and getting the power in yourself and dealing with that because Everything else, everything else that you know, mm-hmm. people younger than you have to wait. They have to get there to right. know what you know. Everything that you can reinvent and that you can do, they can't do. So right. you have this power. Yes. And now taking that power and reinventing it, you, you're on the edge. You're on the brink yeah. of getting what it is that you need to do. It's just your hair away. But the power comes from inside. Inside. Mm -hmm. Inside. You just lost your father. Mm -hmm. He's with you. Yes. He's totally with you. Yeah. He's going to help you through this. Oh, absolutely. And so now you have to indulge in you. Yeah. Stop thinking about other people, helping other people, doing things for other people. Be invested in you 100%. Yes. And I believe, and which is why I started Normal Life, I believe that there are tools to make this happen and to make you start thinking about yourself because women give nurture, nurture, right. they nurture, take care nurture, of everybody and, and you then about all yourself. of a sudden you're like, oh my God, oh my God. I've been doing for everybody else and. What about me? Right. 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 So the most important thing women have to do, and even earlier, like in your 40s, starting at 35, actually, in your 40s is preparing. What am I doing for myself? What am I doing for myself? Adding, adding, adding. At 50 and 55, there are things, there are rules. Yeah. And you must do this, 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 and this. And, of course, I'm going to give you 20 rules. <laughs> and I'm, I'm right. taking you on. <laughs> but that's the big door opener because I hear, and I know how brilliant you are. I know, yeah. I mean, I've seen, I know what you're capable of doing. I know that when you feel that inner power about yourself, mm. The shit you're going to come out with, the stuff you're going to think of is just going to be incredible. 
and for the population that are dying for this. Yes. Dying for this. So for me, if I hear anti-wrinkle, anti-aging, I'm gonna, again, I'm going to punch somebody. Gonna, yeah. And, I'm going to punch someone. <laughs> and, and so this is the last bastion of <laughs> where it's, we have to be politically correct everywhere else, but it's okay right. to treat women or anyone disrespectfully because of age. So last night I was at this event. Mm-hmm. And two women photographers that you know and you've seen for as long as we've been in business were at the event taking pictures. I was so happy to see them. Right. I couldn't wait to hug them, to see them, that they're still there. They were the pioneers. They were at the end of the line. And I said, oh, my God, you guys have been the pioneers doing this. And they said, look, they treat us like shit. We're at the end of the... And I thought, oh, Oh, my God. This is so infuriating. And so we need to scream about this. And yeah. you, have a, you have an incredible vocabulary to be talking about this. Yes. And so I brought you here for a couple of reasons. One is you will be the most articulate for this. Guy. No, you will be. But I also want to, like, jump on you about taking care of yourself and yes. being so indulgent yes. that your power will come from how you feel about yourself. And I promise you, you will be unstoppable because you have it. I feel it. And I think my generation, your generation, and this age group from 45 on yeah. need strong people, strong women, yes. helping them, help through. them through. So I know my ability. I know what I can do to mm-hmm. help women. And I know what you can do to help mm-hmm. women through this. But this this is the, the age group. So think about all of the specific stories that have to do with. So you, you have a job for mm-hmm. how long, right? You talk about your career and the things you've done. Well, I started out in show business. And I was a singer and a dancer. Well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was a singer and I moved well. That's what they wrote. She moves well. Um, and I acted. I was around theater people my entire life because my background is my parents met in West Side Story on Broadway. And, you know, and then just my dad was you know, a director. And, and so I went, into, I went into the business. And my mother, who was a dancer, You know, she said to me, you know, you're too practical for show business. And I thought, what? (laughs) (laughs) You bitch, what are you saying? (laughs) She was right, because I always wanted to work, but not necessarily. I just thought all of this nonsense with grading your acting and all of this stuff that was going on. I went to NYU, and I just thought it was ridiculous. And she was right. I mean, I really felt like I needed to do other things. And I, you know, I met my stepmother, Jade, I was 13. And so I knew then that I needed to go into magazines. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an editor. I didn't know what it meant, Mm -hmm. but it looked great. Yeah. And it was very sophisticated and chic and elegant. And I just felt I want to be part of that somehow. Mm-hmm. And so I did all the stuff that I needed to do for my dad. And I, you know, graduated from NYU with the theater degree and blah, blah. But I said, I'm going to go into magazines. This is what I'm going to do. 
And that was at 21, and now I'm 55, and I'm still doing it. In, you know, I've worked mm-hmm. basically everywhere except for, like, car and driver. I mean, I think <laughs> I've been everywhere. But I've always, you know, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about, it wasn't about any type of fame. It was really about producing beautiful work that meant something mm-hmm. to someone. I know a lot of editors do things for themselves. Or for other editors. Or for other yeah. editors. Yeah. But for me, when I was at Seventeen Magazine, I was told from Midge Richardson, who was my editor-in-chief, she was a former nun. She was an editor-in-chief. She what? Was amazing. Yeah. She worked at Glamour, and then she met this guy, and they got married, and she was fantastic, and then she went to Seventeen. And she told me once, you know, if, if you're not doing this for your reader, then what are you doing it for? And that was it. I needed, and I, you know, I loved to hear things from people, get over my shit, and then start to absorb and listen and learn. And mm-hmm. that was a big part of, I think, why I have longevity in the business was because I loved to know Every single mm. thing that I could know. Curiosity. Curiosity. The, learn yeah. and be trained by the best people. Yeah. And I had, thank God, that opportunity because that doesn't happen often. But I was, yeah. my first boss was Marina Schiano. Rest oh in peace. Oh, my God. Um, you know, she was at Vanity Fair. I was her second assistant. And I was only there for nine months. And it was just like a crazy story how I, I literally got fired for breaking you know, I had a fever. It's always I had a fever when I was delivering something to someone. Carolina Herrera's dog. I, a little dog biscuit chipped and Marina lost her shit. And that was it. It was over. But she taught me everything about what not to do, which was probably the best first lesson. Mm-hmm. So from then on, I knew how to be respectful. I knew how to listen. I knew how to learn. And I knew how to align myself and propel myself to, you know, take on the great jobs, work with the great people, get all of this together. And, you know, and each job was different. Each job just made me move up and up and up and up. And I just felt so empowered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, we're trained by the, by the best people. And still I'm at CBS Watch now. CBS has a magazine. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm the style director. And I'm so excited to you know, still be doing that. Mm -hmm. And then also having this kind of crazy internet voice where I just tell it like it is. I mean, one thing I learned when I did get let go, laid off, because there are all these terms now, I thought that everybody knew everything, that women knew everything, how to dress, what to do, where to go. Mm -hmm. And it opened my eyes that people really need help and not to be condescending in any way, mm-hmm. but they really need somebody to hold their hand sometimes and just say, I'm going to figure this out. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Because this type of stuff that you're fixating on about denim cutoffs mm. and what size they are and right. how your hair looks and all of that, it's really not that important. Mm-hmm. It can be fixed. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. And that's what people like us do. We, not, we, we don't help the fantasy. We just make it a reality. Mm-hmm. and show people what they're capable of doing, what they can do, and that it can be done. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, you know, the more that I can, and then also in my personal life, kind of show people 
that, you know, it's a challenge to do this. It's a challenge to do that. You know, every day somebody says, you know, how are you doing? And I said, you know, I'm vertical. I mean, I'm really <laughs> happy to, well, I'm a really happy person. Mm -hmm. um, being positive and being happy and not holding crap in is, yes. really, is really helpful. But I, I think it's important that we do talk about your personal life because you talked about how long you've been married. Yes. And, but not just married, like you guys really love each other. You yeah. really know you I, have a, a soulmate. Absolutely. But we also like each other. Yeah. We like being around each other. So how many years now? So, well, we've known each other. We'll be married next year for 30 years and known each other for 40 because we went to high school together. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And <laughs> so for many women yes. in your age group, it's the end of the marriage. It, right. It's a very, there's a high number. Yes. Of that's the end. And now what do we do? How, what's my identity? I met my soulmate at 65. Right. So that's another thing I say. It's like everybody's timing is different. Yes. Everybody's soulmate match is different. You met yours before you should have met. But, and <laughs> and I met mine right. like when I should. Like it's, right. it's different for everyone. But being married and still having that security of yeah. having a best friend that you can trust is a powerful support system. Yes. So talk about what it's like to be married. Every day can't be perfect. No. Like, like, so how, how did you navigate a marriage being in fashion and having this well, sort of crazy life? Well, luckily, we were both in show business. So, you ah. know, my, my husband was an actor, Broadway kid. We had a lot of common things, and we went, to, we went to two separate schools. He went to Syracuse. I went to NYU. We maintained the relationship. I'm two and a half years older, so that was weird in high school. Yeah. But I yeah. knew. I knew, and my mother always tells me the story. I knew when I met him. I walked into her bathroom because we used to meet in her bathroom. She had this huge bathroom. And we would sit, and I'd say, I met a boy today. His name is Willie, and I love him. And that was it. It was like a thunderbolt. And I just felt, I'm going to, this is the guy that I'm going to marry. And this is the guy that I want to spend the rest of my life with. And we just kind of made it happen. I think a huge, huge part, well, two things that were very important. We were married a very long time before we had kids. Oh. So we had 10 years together. Great. And that is a huge. Great. You know, it just makes so much of a difference because mm. we had time together and we didn't feel, because a lot of my divorce friends, they were so stressed mm. about getting married and keeping up with the Joneses right. and, and having kids right away. And yeah. having kids right away. And you don't know each other. Yeah. You really just don't. So true. But that's hard to say to everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, this is, you know, but we felt like we were doing the right thing, you know, we, and then around. I guess it was five years, and the infertility issue became an issue. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized that it, it wasn't going to be easy. What year was this? So I was pregnant at 38, so five years before that. So it was a struggle to figure out what was going on, and I tested. I did a story on Harper's Bazaar about... And this Blood is earlier, tests. earlier oh. than what's going on now. Right, because so I have seventeen-year-old twins now. Wow, boys who are going to college next year. 
And so, yeah. And it was taboo. Nobody talked about yeah. it. Also, I was in an industry where nobody talked about it. But another part of who I am is that I was always talking about mm-hmm. it. But that's very difficult for a lot of people. Yeah. And it's just because I just had the strength and I didn't care what anybody mm-hmm. said. But everybody was amazing. But they didn't really understand the struggle. Yeah. Because it hadn't really come out and uh, had become... People yes. still hesitate to talk about infertility. And people definitely don't want to talk about aging. No. They don't want to be connected with that. And, and so it's very interesting. A number of people have been saying, we think you should be the spokesperson for this because you are 74 and you can't talk about it. And I say, well, I thought to myself, well, people don't know I'm 74 if they meet me. So right. why would I want to start saying, have straight out of the box, oh, hi, I'm 74. 74. Or, that they, or that that's my, I'm, that's my conversation. And so I thought, that's so weird. And then I thought, you know what? Well, I have to. I you mean, have to. I have to. Why shouldn't I? No, exactly. Why shouldn't I say I met my soulmate at 65? No, I think it's That's, so inspiring. It's so helpful. And what you're saying, too, is that the open conversation, the honesty, just gives people a break. Yeah, you need a break. Yeah. You need a break. And whether it's infertility or going through 50 to 55, people do not appreciate women do not have a handbook on what it's like to go through puberty right and all of a sudden your breasts and you're bleeding and like what is happening nobody tells you i remember my mother handed me a kotex bag and i thought what the hell what am i supposed to do thing? with this right put it on my i head. thought i what had internal bleeding because i <laughs> right. fell off my bike right you know? right and right. then 50 comes menopause comes perimenopause Where's the handbook? Where's the, well, I need to know. And so I've been interviewing doctors who sure. are specialists on women's issues so that you can refer to that. This is okay. This is what's going on. This is how you get help. And having more conversations. But having these conversations are really important yes. so that, okay, that's what's going on with me. Right. Well, also, people can look at you or me or whoever and just say, oh, I look like that. Maybe this could be my mm-hmm. life. I think people, you know, it's a lot to expect people to be open and honest about everything. I know that when I had the infertility situation that I felt like I was damaged goods and I didn't feel good about myself mm. for about two and a half minutes. I mean, I, I literally <laughs> allowed myself two and a half minutes to have like this little right. party of pity. And then I said, all right, I got to get to work because time's running. That's like the really unfortunate thing about being a woman. I don't understand this. So men can like screw to they're almost dead. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I mean, they can have, you know, strange children when they're, you know, really old, but they can do that. But we get shut off. And I really don't understand a lot of that. But there is a reason. The beauty now is there are young women, and I speak to many of them, who say, I don't want to get married now. I'm not ready to be married. I need me Me time. time. But I want to have children. So many are freezing their eggs and not feeling the pressure. And if you don't meet your soulmate, 
and you want to have, have a, a child, yeah. you can do that yes. now. And so I think that that conversation is also another very comforting conversation. It's not still not an easy process to do the no. egg thing, and it's still you do sort of go through stuff with your body. But the ability to make that decision about when you have these children or how you do it is such a big relief, and yes. it's not based on a clock or that women can't be in charge. So that switches the game in a much different way yes. than when you were realizing, oh, I can do something about this and I'm going to do it. Yes. Yes. But it was very, you know, I was with so many women who didn't work. They went through several rounds. I mean, it, it, it's, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And then it's hard to accept reality mm -hmm. and then just say, okay, if you want to have a kid, okay, now I'm going to think about adoption. A yeah. lot of people can't do that. Yeah. They just can't get their minds around mm -hmm. it. And on one level, I understand it. And then, you know, yeah. on another level, I just wanted to try to see. And everything was, let's try and see. And I had the support of everybody. Mm. Um, let's try and see if this works. Yeah. And, you know, I will try to do this. It worked. First cycle that I mm -hmm. did, which was amazing. Very rare. It doesn't happen for everybody. But I had an incredible doctor who everybody should know. He was... He is incredible, Alan Copperman. Mm -hmm. He just diagnosed me on the spot, and that was it. Bing, bang, boom. We knew what we needed to do, and it worked. But the other thing that I was thinking about, too, that you and I have, which a lot of women don't have, are incredible genes. So sometimes yeah. when you have, mm. I have an extra layer of skin because I'm, I'm a quarter Filipino, a quarter Austrian. Oh, my goodness. A quarter, now I'm Ukrainian. I didn't realize I thought oh it was Russian, God. but now I'm, you know, some Ukrainian. And then uh, Austrian, yeah, and um, German. I think mm -hmm. that's what it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have the skin. I don't have the hair of mm -hmm. what 55 looks like. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of people, I don't think any of us really at this go round in our lives look our age. Mm-hmm. So that's another question. What does 74 look like? What does 50 look like? Unfortunately, the number still has a connotation, but what does age look like? And one of the things that I talk about in, and especially interviewing these doctors and, of course, my own sort of process through 50 of doing this fitness health and the, the sleep and diet and exercise is the change that you can make just by getting a good night's sleep. Sure. So in the pie of sleep, diet, exercise, 50% is sleep. Right. And people don't realize that you just can't put your head on the pillow and think you're going to go to sleep. Right. From the minute you get up in the morning, everything you do will affect the kind of sleep you're going to have. Right. So how many cups of coffee, how much caffeine are you going to have? The news that's finally getting out is that alcohol could not be worse for women. Mm -hmm. And because this sort of thing about you have a glass of wine, it's healthy for you, one glass. No, 
more and more news is coming out that alcohol has such a detrimental effect. And, and the fact that there's so much sugar, and we know sugar is bad. Right. And so there are these simple things that as you go through menopause yes. that you cannot do. You can't. You don't want to be sweating in the middle of a, an important negotiation. Right. You don't want to feel taken down by this whole psyche going through something while you're having a conversation. <laughs> right. You don't want that owning it. Right. You. Right. And right. so, sleep on its own it's so is important. one of the best things you can do for yourself. And there, are more people in the population can't sleep or have problems with sleep. And there's a whole series of things you can do to get to that good night's sleep. And it becomes a ritual that you have to respect. And you, and again, it's like, I'm going to take care of me. Yes. And how you sleep affects how you eat. Right. We, how you eat, when you eat, when you eat, how much you eat. We, we all eat too much food. Right. If we ate great food, completely changes your sense of well-being and then you sleep better right and, right right and then working out anything yes. anything helps you with the way you eat and the way you sleep so it's this this sort of combined high that can really give you a tremendous amount of power sure and for me i believe genes have something to do with it, especially when it comes to skin. Sure. But there's no getting around the fact that you can feel stronger yes. and feel more empowered when you feel healthy and good right. and strong. And uh, I know when I go to the gym and I do something that I never thought in a million years I could do. <laughs> I mean, I remember the first time, it was probably like 10 years ago, the first time I did a split in my life. And I thought, to, oh, my God, I can do a split. Yeah. And then I could do a standing split. And, then yeah. I could do, and every time I made progress like that, I was transferring that new power I had to my attitude about everything. Sure. Whether I was negotiating with someone, Hey, you don't know that I can do a split. <laughs> you don't know no. I can do a standing split. I, you know, right. And that in your head, so not that those are the things, but it's these symbolic things you do for yourself that yes. sort of feed the psyche to give you this power. Yes. And yes, genes help, but even the most challenged people, people with mm-hmm. genes that are not as good that everybody in their family died very young and all right, of this. Right, 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 You don't have to be owned by genes that aren't. No. You can change that because many of those things are because of lifestyle issues. Yes. And yes. so I really think that all of that stuff is incredibly powerful. Yes. And it's great to have gorgeous hair and it's great to have good skin, but... It's yeah, possible yeah, it's, for everybody. Sure, it's, it's not pos- everything. Yeah, it's, it's really like what you're everything. saying. It's just like what's inside. Yeah. You know, if you're feeling good inside. Yeah. That's- so if you could think about what you would change in the... Getting my, getting my neck back? You can get your neck back. <laughs> I can help you get your neck back. Yes, 
because actually your videos if are. You, if yes. you, you just tell me. Neck exercise. You just tell me if you want me to participate. <laughs> I will write a plan for you. I would want you to write a plan for me. Specifically for you. Yes. And if you promise eight weeks. Yeah. Just eight weeks. Yeah. But I would it's do not it. a diet plan. It's not a temper. It's a lifestyle yeah. plan. I mean, I think. I would definitely do that. And I think just getting to your point about. And then we come back again. Right. And revisit this and see how and, my neck is doing. But it's not your neck. It's not your neck. It's because, like you said, you could get away with whatever. Well, but, true. But, but, but it, it's more than your neck. It's, it's saying, I'm going to do for me. Yes. I'm taking your kids going to college. Yes. You're, you're, you right now are on that, you're right on the edge. I saw it in your Instagram. I said, <laughs> I'm going to push her right cliff. off that edge okay. to go fly. I, I, you know, I want to do that. And as a matter of fact, you know, also what you're saying is that I think we do need a book of instructions. And I, I think have, that yeah. we all, as women, love to get you know, directed. How do you do this? How, right. And you just read. Yeah. We could, because the good thing about being over 50 is that we all read. We still love to read. That's still We exists. don't text as much. Yeah. We do it because we need to, to keep right. in touch and communication with what's going on. But it isn't, you know, mm -hmm. it isn't, it doesn't define us. Right. But we love to read. And anytime that, that's why, like, any type of challenge that I've had in my life has basically been having a great director and then having an instructional. Right. And I think that everybody listens to that mm -hmm. and loves that. So, you know, in the 80s when my friends were all dying of AIDS and I decided I was going to figure out why their immune systems were challenged. Why are they, why can that be right. the immune system? And this is like right after Studio 54. Right, so it's right. not like the world is curious about healthy lifestyle. And so I hunted down, which meant going to the library, by yes. the way, because I did not have Google. Um, <laughs> no, nobody and did. I researched and did a lot of research, reading sure. and trying to find out. And, and I found people in the Southwest and the West who were really discovering new concepts about an integrative sort of healthy lifestyle and what that meant sure. and I had no idea and so I would go to these retreats and literally take courses and come back and nobody wanted to hear what I was saying that you you know you're a cuckoo like you shouldn't talk oh, to it, tell people that's what you're talking about and yeah that, but that's what happens to pioneers that's like it's a hard you know so from that <laughs> yeah from all of that information I started to try to bring it into my life and sure. change it and practice it. And I still couldn't share it with anybody until 9-11 when I opened the Wellness Cafe. Right. And then people started to come out of the woodwork that were very knowledgeable, very informed. Right. But there was still no information that you could readily get. Right. And, and even today, I find... The podcast is so helpful because people listen. They can do other things yeah. while they're listening. Well, and 
they can keep it on their phone and then they can keep it with and them. Reference they it. don't have to always, you know, they don't have to have a like a book on the table right. or something on the laptop. Right. Right. But having a schematic to follow, and I've done this yeah. with people and I did it for myself. You know, sure. I, I know how to do this. I know how it'll work because I experimented on me. Right. And I'm always experimenting. Right now, I never did yoga. And right. everybody thinks, oh, she's a, you know, a Zen yoga. No, right. that's not right. me. That's right. somebody else. Right. And so I, because I was more energetic and I wanted to do circuit training and all of these other right. things. Right. And then bar, I realized, was so great because I could make my body look the way I want. I could right. shape. You could sculpt my, yourself. I, I yes. actually could see in four weeks, in five weeks, in eight weeks, oh, my God. Who is this? This right. is great. I, right. I feel good with my clothes off. I feel fantastic. Right. Then I started to think, okay, there are different exercises that do different things. Well, yoga is something I've added and gyrokinesis. Mm-hmm. These are things I've added because having good posture is super challenging for yes. everyone now with our phones and yes. as you get older because you start shrinking we down. Shrink. So yes. you need to have this Lengthening. pulling up. Lengthening. Yes. And so bar does that. And obviously yoga is amazing, but yoga is also great for balance. Yes. And to be able to balance as you get older is really incredible because every yes. year as you get older, your ability to balance is harder. It gets harder. Yeah. My mother has dementia. And a lot of the reason why she falls all the time is not, and she was a dancer. Yeah, is really just based on the fact that she is imbalanced because of dementia. But but it's not just dementia; it's eight, the aging and process. the aging. Oh, she's eighty-seven. Yeah. So yes, and it's but the it aging starts process. in it starts so way earlier, before that. So so out of all the exercises I do, what is the most challenging for me when the sweat just pours? It's not doing heavy cardio, right? But it's anything that has to do with balancing. So every morning I take 15 minutes of doing balancing because I have to work on that. So once you know what your focus has to be at any time in your life, then the amount of time you would spend on doing something that has to do with work or whatever, or spend like I could spend forever at work, but I pull myself out and I say, this is for me. And so in the morning I do that. Then I work out an hour a day or more if there's something else. And it helps me get my power back. Again, it's all about owning the power and saying to yourself, this is what I'm doing. This, I'm going to do it for me. So it's part of these plans that I can easily figure out because I'm constantly going through the process myself. So for somebody in my age group, I would say, this is the plan. This is a plan you need to think about every day. And the more extra time, if you're just cooking, do a tree pose. Just incorporate that into everything you do so that it becomes your power, you're now great at it, Yeah, you know, so I feel great, I can do a split, I can do all these things, but now my ability 
to be balanced is getting stronger. And I feel, I was feeling very concerned about it. And now it's like, oh, wow, how cool is this? So I think for everyone at any age, there's something you can do. There's some aspect of this power that you can give to yourself that then comes out and people get and you get things done in a way that and also you attract people who understand you respect yourself yes and then they respect you, you. right when, when you have a weakness and you're aware of it yeah. and other people don't know what it is you project that yes and you attract bad men or you know like right, the wrong right. the wrong mate or whoever it is so we do attract what we put out yes so when women say oh my god i keep meeting the wrong guys we're like well what are you saying about you? like what are you doing right here to say like you don't deserve me so get out of my right, space right. so it's right exactly so it has to do i think with everything at every point in our lives so you know that 30 when you're 30 yeah. and you discover oh my god i'm an adult and i have to behave like an adult and you get that yes persona yes. the same thing happens to 40 40s, 50 50s, 60 right? and to 70 well i think also a huge thing is that I, I think we're all exhausted and i think once you can just say you know i'm really tired <laughs> i'm tired and it's okay I am so tired. Stop. Yeah. And then trying to figure out a way to be inspired. To be inspired. Yeah. 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 See, tired, the reverse of tired is inspired. So you all of a sudden will not be tired if if that happens. But I think it's it's also just everything that's just being thrown at you. There's so much. You know, we used to have a brain capacity to remember 80 phone numbers or so. I don't know anybody's phone number. I really right. don't, right? So now it's just so much stuff yeah. that's clogged in your brain. Another thing that I think is so important is focus. And I think that has a lot to do with what you were just saying. Mm. Like, this is so therapeutic for me right at this moment because I'm not looking for my phone. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can look at you and actually mm. have a conversation. Yeah. Which is And how about rare. this? When was the last time somebody held your hand and looked you in the eye that wasn't your husband, family member? I I can't even tell you. So one of the things I talk about also, and that's part of my whole thing right now. Very smooth. Well, that's because (laughs) Because thank you for promoting my product. (laughs) Which I use and I love. So... The reason I Wait. said that is also because when somebody loses a job, right? Mm-hmm. So say somebody texts you and says, I just lost my job, oh. I feel like crap. The fact that you can go to their home and say, I'm going to use this cream and right. give you a hand massage right. and ta- tell me right. what happened. Right. How did that, right. you know, and that you're touching another human being because we have our phones in our hands. We're right. not touching each other. No. We're expressing our emotions through emojis. Yes. Where where we really, really, really need that physical connection, yes. that spiritual connection that you have when you look someone in the eye. So holding somebody's hand and looking them in the eye is 
in many ways deeper than sex. It's yeah, a yes. commitment oh, yeah. because we kiss each other like this and we hug, but yeah. we're not looking. And it's a connection. I mean, it's a connection to someone. And it's because you can't. There's no emotion yeah. in a phone. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. So, for our and I'm putting you in my generation, unfortunately. I'm not, but in, in I, that, I but I'm in, in that. I'm in, yeah, in yeah, that yeah. post millennial, pre millennial generation. The touching really was part of our early years and for the 70s for me we were all draped all over each other all the time i know and it was definitely incredibly supportive because your friends were family viscerally yes it wasn't just you know i have deep connection to this group of women and we talk and do things but no we touched each other we hugged each other right we would have our Embrace, arms around yes, each other yes. it was sort of the normal thing and now i am so concerned that we're not connecting physically right. in in so many ways and i think it's also a good time to reconnect with men this way because right now they're so afraid of their own shadows. Sure. And, and, and it's, it, the process had to happen. Yes. And there, we took a lot of shit for, for, for the life forever right. since caveman. <laughs> but I think women are willing to give men another chance to connect again. And it's like scorched right. earth. We can start all over. Right. And have kindness between men and women and that and kindness just in general but i think that's really an important thing that can happen right now yes in the way we all look at bringing that back i think gen z will do that yeah well it's interesting because my sons are 17 gen z and we really have many conversations with them when you meet somebody look them in the eye yeah What's your handshake like? Yeah. And don't twiddle your thumbs or do something else. Or start really, looking, or at, start your, looking yeah. at your phone. Really be engaged. I mean, it comes from us. And if we're not telling them mm. what to do, then it's mostly yeah. our fault. I mean, or at least that's how my husband and I feel. Mm. That if we're not training them and telling them, because they don't know. No. They really don't know. So it's, they, a, it's your, their handbook for your, yes, their life handbook. Exactly. And they were so grateful. I mean, they're, they're great. We can put them out in the world, not be embarrassed right. or, you know, feel, because a lot of kids are not that way. Yeah. But it took work. And, um, but I think it's very important to reconnect mm-hmm. and for it to not feel that you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. so talk a little bit about the fact that now they're going off to school mm-hmm. and you really have an empty nest. Yes, so uh, what are your thoughts about that? And I'm sure you know other women who have, are. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're sad because we realize every day this is going to be the last this thing. Yeah. Or that thing, mm-hmm. whatever the hell it is. But we're also kind of excited because it is like it's just us again. And, you know, we did great. Everything's great. And we can focus on actually going away and not being worried Every five seconds, mm-hmm. you know, when the phone rings or what. I mean, I think we're always going to be yeah, a little well, you're bit always parents, like that. But... Always parents. Yeah. And we've always been parents. We're not best friends. 
to our kids. We're mm-hmm. not our first names. We're not, we're mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and other names that they've nicknamed us lovingly. But we have really been parents. And I feel like, I think we did a great job. We can not be so embarrassed yeah. if they go out. And we can reconnect. And we can do things that maybe we didn't do before. Mm-hmm. But we can do them with a different set of eyes. And that's what's been really exciting right. on every, you know, on every level, especially when they were babies. Because when you're a baby, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. get to relive this moment through your kid's eyes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's great. So every year has been just really like a blessing, uh, good or bad for us. Mm-hmm. And we actually are looking forward to you know, this next phase, we know we're going to be working. So it's not mm-hmm. like we're going to travel the world or do something really crazy. Yeah. Like go to Disneyland or whatever. <laughs> but um, I, I think that's yeah. great. I mean, it's, it's, uh, see, you're fortunate because you are still with your best friend. Yes. And you can, that balance you have is really, really helpful. But it's also a time when now women can present themselves with this power yes. again, I say, and attract yes. the person that they deserve. Yes. Not some, okay, I have to, I've got to get married by this age, get have right, kids by right. this age. So this, he's here, right. looks good to me. He's right. got the, he's got all the mechanics. We can make this work right, and right. present in your head that this is, he's the right one because you have an agenda. I think now when women are at this age where they can say, you know what, I'm going to be so deep in me and indulge in me so much that that reflects out and I then attract the right person for me. Yeah. Well, I think if you're And even friends, the right friends. Sure. I think um, also a huge part of a good thing about what has made us work is communication. We've really, you know, and we worked on that. Mm-hmm. We really worked on it. There were a couple of years where we would just kind of make noises and sounds, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you know. So I think that we have that. That is so key mm-hmm. to everything, yeah. but really to this marriage that we have. Mm-hmm. And that if I need some time to just go decompress, and have a latte or just mm-hmm. do like a yoga pose and not have to listen to anything. <laughs> I can communicate that and he understands it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have to, like we've been saying, it's your time to do that. Mm-hmm. You're in control of your, your destiny and what it is that you want. And you've done all the right things mm-hmm. and it's okay. They're really, you know, I, I, but it, there is, there is a, a and it's a, very difficult that you you <laughs> absolutely have your soulmate and that yes. is something some people won't have. i didn't think i would ever have right. but and some and you can't tell when that will be but right. preparing yourself for the best for you yes always brings better people and better environment and fortunately you've had that so our our follow-up to this is I'm so anxious to see where you go with this conversation yes. and what the 
possibilities and what you can do for women who are needing to have, you know, some experiences that they could follow. I'm, I know that your Instagram post was so raw, so deep, so beautifully written you. that you're at that point. I said this, she's on, like, she's ready. She's gone. There's, it's like a hop skip and she's there. And if you want to do my plan, I will, I absolutely I will do design it just for you. Yeah. Because I think the power you can have in influencing, especially because you are about truth and you are totally raw and you are not going to edit and protect and do all of that, is what women need right now. Yeah. And that will be Thank you. just amazing. So I want to help you. Thank you. Be that voice because I have my voice in it, but I think having more voices, the more numbers of us that are out there, the more we can help this whole thing about aging. And aging can be done with power. Yeah. And it can also be done with somebody who is, like you said, highly influential. Because when there's someone like you who really has, who's really, I said the pioneer, who really just knows women, knows women's bodies, extends beyond what you were doing. It's more than designing. Mm -hmm. It's more than all of this other stuff. To be so influential and so inspiring is so important. Yeah. And for a lot of women, and I don't have it all figured out at all, but that's also the great part. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what life's about. If, so you know, uh, I think the process and, and how we go through it. And, you know, I found this incredible woman on Instagram who's 101 that I follow and I find so inspiring. Yeah. I look at her and I said, oh, that's so me. That's me. Um, uh, I see that. I visualize myself at her age being the same energy she has. And, and so that's what we need to do. She's yes. pulling me forward and we can pull other people forward yes. and it's what we have to do. So we're going to follow up with this. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you.